You'll hold John chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 24 um, through 26. We'll, we'll start there and see what happens. And it reads there in John chapter 12, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. God, we thank you for your word, for all that you do for us, Lord. And I understand that walking with you is a long journey. It's not a sprint. The winner is not the swiftest. No, this is a long marathon, a lifelong journey. I ask God that you open up our eyes of understanding to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has. That we would truly grab a hold of this and, and want to do your will. I ask Holy Spirit that you bless your people as they open up their hearts to you and receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, for the last two weeks, We've been trying to understand God's will, right? And that's a tough one. Every person, as you uh, live life in general, not just Christians, if you live life, uh, you're going to come to a point and, and you'll encounter Jesus. Hopefully, we'll help them encounter Jesus. And Jesus is going to offer you a chance to follow. And when I say following Jesus, it doesn't mean... Go to church, although go to church is a very important part of it. But there's more to following Jesus in church. Um, you'll encounter him and he'll give you that invitation. Simply follow me. As God reveals his will by either miracles and he will, miracles, visions, dreams, direct revelation. Uh, I know when I came to the Lord the, the first few months, God visited me in, in miraculous ways, just things that were born in my mind. He gave me dreams and visions. That's why I'm here 35 years later. Um, but there's one thing I do know as well. You will have difficulties with his will. Sorry to say that. You're going to have difficulties. And it's not because God's will is undoable or you can't be done. It's because of us. See, even though we follow a God of mercy takes care of us. Difficulties will arise and, and when we offend his will and you will, because God will put a call on you and then you're going to offend him. You're going to do something dumb. In other words, you're going to be human. He'll extend his mercy because he's got a call on you. The gift of the call of God are beyond repentance. Right? So, I believe that 
that I hope we understand, that everybody here, that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't adjust his will to suit your personality. No, his will is his will. We adjust to meet his will. Another way of saying that, we mature, we grow. Amen? Now, Henry Blackaby, a very famous guy, he said this, and he challenged the Christian community to rethink its approach to God. He said, in his now classic discipleship resource, Experiencing God, he said, Blackaby pointed out that our approach to God most resembles a Christmas wish list. That's how Christians come. They have a litany of blessings of give me's and that itemize what we want. We say, Lord, bless our church, bless my family, bless my ministry, uh, uh, bless my hopes, bless my dreams, bless my desires. Now, Blackaby proposed, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, that following Jesus should lead and, and, and learn to pray not for what we want from God, but for, we need to learn to ask God to bless what God wants for us. Not what we want, but what God wants for us. Instead of asking God to bless our lives, authentic discipleship is asking God, let my church, let my family, let my ministries, let my hopes, let my dreams, let my desires all be a part of what you're blessing. We have to turn it around and understand that God's in charge. We're not in charge. God's in charge. So when you ask God to bless this, bless that, you're saying, God, I'm in charge. Bless this and bless that. When God's in charge, you say, God, Help me to put my family so that they can get blessed. Help me to put my life where it needs to be so I can get blessed. Help me to put whatever I'm doing, my job, my children, help me to put them in a position in such a way that you will bless them. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 read like this. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of our time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. There's a dynamic of God's will. See, God's will, when you're following God's will, something happens to you when you begin to do something. Not just say, I accepted Christ in my life, go home and watch TV. My friend, you've never accepted Christ in your life if that's all you've done. You heard about it, it sounded good. You probably had a good time at church and it felt good, a great experience, but that, that, that was not uh, an experience with God. See, when you are following God's will, it will make you holy. What does that mean? That doesn't mean perfect. But I, I do know if you would have met me when I was in my demonic prime, first of all, as I walked in the door, my first response to you was, I don't like you. And I, my second response is, what can I take from you? And my third response, if none of that happened, you get away from me. That's just how I rolled. I met God, and I really met God through miracles and vision dreams. 
And I said, okay, I'm going to follow this God that everybody's talking about, creator of the heaven and earth. So I follow him, and as I begin to follow him and do something for him, I begin to change. And the way I began to change is I just kept doing whatever the Bible said. Right? So the dynamic of following God is you begin to get holy. You start, you stop cussing. You stop sneaking around the Walgreens and smoking. Right? You stop drinking. You stop doing all the things that you think you're getting away with. You stop doing why? Because you're following God and you're getting holy. Things are changing. You start loving people. You start caring about people. You start doing all these things. Why? Because you're really following God. So it's very easy for, for a pastor to look at a person and say, are they following God? It's very easy to tell. Because if you're still the same when you came in the door, and you could have came in the door 10 years ago, 15, or yesterday. And if you're still the same, I can tell you right now, you have not been following God. You've been listening to probably good sermons. probably even like the worship music. You probably even like me. But if you're still the same, you're not following God. Because the, the dynamic of God, following God is you become holy. You change. Those who want to follow God's will must grasp the concept of God's holiness. God gives us holiness so that we can fellowship with him. He, he wants to bring us together. This fellowship frees us from being slaves to our own evil natures. And that's what I mean, slave. It doesn't mean that evil nature is not there. You're always there. He's inside there. She's down deep. And every now and then something calls it to rise up. It's there. But you're not subject to it no more. It's subject to you. You, you tell, you, you calm it down. You deal with it. Why? Because you're walking in God's holiness and that fellowship gives you the power to do it. Now there's two extreme views of holiness and both are wrong. First, holiness depends on our effort. And second, we receive holiness just by claiming to know Jesus. The first one is too hard. Our effort to be holy, that's too hard. The second one is too easy. Well, I accept a Christ. That means jack. No, no. So we have to have a balanced view. Holiness is a command, so we must actively pursue it. What do you mean actively pursue it? I mean, something in you has got to motivate you to want to do this. If you don't actively pursue it, then it can't happen. It's a concept, like now I'm teaching you, you're hearing me. Some agree, some don't. Right? It's a concept, oh, well, oh, that sounds good. Okay, well, that's good for you, Pastor. No, nah, not for me. Well, that's cool. That's cool because it hasn't hit you. You haven't decided to follow God's will. You just came to listen to some, some academic teaching from a, from, a, from a guy who's got a, a bunch of degrees who's trying to teach you. Okay, one day, hopefully, it'll be more than that because now in you, you want to follow God's will. Then it becomes more. Then the word becomes alive. Right? See, God, God another important balance for you is God credits Christ's righteousness to our account. So in other words, once we're in Christ, we have this position, we can actively pursue holiness. Actively. Why? Not because of anything we did. It's because Christ said, look, God, I'm just paraphrasing, God, I died for them. Give them a break. Let them work. So God, because we're in Christ's position, allows us to be us until we change and as we continually progress. Otherwise, he would kill us a long time ago. Oh, they're no good. Wipe them out. No. But because of Christ, he allows us to be us until we catch it. 
oh, I got it. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to seek holiness. Some never catch it. They end up in hell and in church all their life. So in other words, God gives the power. We must recognize it and use that power. God gives the power. Unless you're following God's will, you'll never recognize it. And words, you'll never use it. See, God's going to surprise you. Surprises are the rule rather than the exception, right? Uh, and why? Because God's surprises forces us to adapt. He doesn't come down our alley. He tells you to come down this alley. When you look down the alley, you go, God, that don't look like an alley. That looks like a trail. Doesn't even look like a trail. What is that? Just walk. He said, come this way. He always surprises you. Well, surprises uh, 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 from God, and this is the real difficult part, the surprises of God are beyond our understanding. You ever been there where God is saying something to you? You say, man, I just don't get it, God. Why? Why? You ever done that? Why? Why? You're in a perfect place. You shouldn't know why. If you know why, I can assure you that is not God's will. Unless you're the Holy Spirit, you're smarter than God. I seldom know why, if ever, what God is doing. I just got to follow God always cheers me out. But regardless of the surprise, God's grace is always enough. He takes me through. He walks me through. So God's surprises often shake us to the core. Man, get us to the edge, to the point of a nervous breakdown. Has anybody ever been there or is that just me? I mean, you're under stress. Oh, God, what are you doing? Ah, ah, ah. And God's saying, be cool. You're following my will. See, the, his surprises are designed to stretch, stretch, strengthen, and teach. It's not designed to make you more comfortable. It's designed to stretch you, to strengthen you, and teach you, unless you're already arrived. Now, if you were already arrived, then you don't need to know that. But for the rest of us who have not arrived yet, believe me, God will surprise you, and he's going to stretch you, strengthen you, and teach you in the middle of all kinds of mess, like, man, God, what are you doing now? Huh? Because why? God's will opens and closes doors. Right? You ever wonder why God closes one door and opens another? He does that. I've had many doors closed. I used to get all bum kicked. Man, God, I really wanted that. Gosh. Oh, no, man, God, I want, really wanted that. And he closed the door. Just, and then after I complained and snivel, and he goes, if you just be quiet and watch what I'm doing, You'll get it. Because when he closes one door, it should be your key to understand he's opening a better door. See, what we think is a good door is often the worst thing for you. You know, so I want to win the lottery. For some of you, it'd be better for me to say, rather than you won the lottery, and say, here, here, you go to hell. So rather than you winning the lottery, he says, no, I ain't letting you win the lottery. You'll go to hell with the lottery. He'll close that door because he has a better door for you. Amen? Huh? Even if you thought the door was God, it might close. Now, the other easy answer is this. He's the potter and you're the clay. Shut up. He's the potter and you're the clay. See, you got one thing about God, you know, he, he don't have a good watch. 
Yeah, you know, God, I don't know what it is about him. Even in this digital era, he does not know how to tell time, according to my, because he's on his time, not your time. See, we have a time, and God, I need this by here. I need this. I want it by here. Can you do it by here? Let me even give him a date. Can you do it by the 13th? God is not on your time. He's on his time. Right? And so we have a trouble with his watch. We have a trouble with his calendar. But his calendar is perfect. Ours is the one that has to be adjusted. Revelation 3, 7, and 8 reads, He who is holy, who is true, he has the key of David who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because, say because, you have little power. First thing he says, and, and, and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, right there, that sentence probably eliminated 85% of all Christians in the United States. Why? Because most of them have not kept his word and denied his name. You know the average Christian, the average, tithes 2.5%. Well, let me, I'm not a math uh, scholar, but two and a half is not 10%. And then they want to follow God's will. Or they want God to reveal things to him. Or they want God to show them. Or they want, they want whatever they want. Remember the, the Christmas wish, wish list. They, they begin adding things and wonder, God, how come you're not doing this? And so they're so determined to understand that they know God, they make their wish come true. When I say they, not God, they make their wish come true. We have to follow God's will. Well, it's getting real quiet here. See, the, the dynamic of God is he closes a door and he opens another. He'll never explain it. He just does it. Now, the following insights may help us get a better, uh, uh, help us to better accept why one would close and the other open. First, God is sovereign in complete control. He closes the door no man can open. He opens the door no man can shut because, because you kept your word, his word, and have not denied his name. That's it. Not that complicated. So you go back to holiness. If you're following God, and you may have been like, you know, no good for nothing, alcoholic, drunk, liar, thief, uh, executive who ripped everybody off, but you came to God, and now you're following God. You say, you know, I can't act like that no more. And, and you're following God, and you're beginning to change. Why? Because you you're striving towards holiness. I'm not going to rebellious. I'm not going to do this. And you're getting better. You go, oh, I'm getting better. Why? And you're reading his word. Wow, you're into his word because your word helps change. You're reading his word. Wow, wow. And then you're preaching your evangelism. You're not denying his name. You're doing all these things. All of a sudden, God said, now I'm going to show you my will. Not all of it. Just a little easy, 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 easy. And he opens the door. Now, now, if you're following him, you have to be able to see the door and step through it. Anybody stepping? Huh? Right? So he controls every opportunity and is responsible for every result. His purposes through you will be accomplished. See, it's not our job to make God's plan work. It's his, 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 his job. That's why I always say this. If it's his will, it's his bill. Because believe me, this church has bills. 
I was talking to somebody that we, we paid over ten thousand dollars just in insurance. That's that you know that's you know you, in the United States of America everybody's got to have insurance. You got to have insurance with this, got insurance with that, insurance with that. I mean everything. I go my goodness, insurance for everything. Just to have a church. They didn't tell me that when they sent me out. They just said go preach the gospel and go reach people. That's all you got to do. And then I got here and I got to do all this other stuff. I go what is all this stuff? So I have, I have to have learned this. If it's his will, it's his bill. What do I mean by that? Somehow God is going to provide. Now, strangely enough, he uses people. I wish he would just, you know, plant me a tree in my backyard, a money tree so I can go pick and pay all the bills, but it doesn't work that way. He plants different things. He plants people. Huh? So it's not our job to make God's plans work. It's his. So when God opens a door... It is for a better one to open later. Hmm? And we learn to walk through them. God no longer speaks through burning bushes. You know, Moses spoke to him in a burning bush. You know, I, I learned something. He doesn't speak through burning bushes, but he, he speaks through the burning hearts of people that want to do something for him. Now, you may not know what you want, but if you want it, He's going he's gonna to attach to that burning desire in your heart to do something beyond what you're ever capable of doing. He wants, he's going to attach that burning desire in your heart to be more than you've ever been before, to go into your, to the unknown, right? And if you're going to go to the unknown, you can't act like you have always been. If you act like you've always been, you're not suitable for the unknown. You have to be different to go to somewhere different. But people say, well, you can't change me. Nobody can change me. Oh, that's fine. Then you can never go into your unknown. If nobody can change you, just stay right where you're at. Because how you are right now is perfect for today. But it, it is ill-suited for tomorrow. So God desires to show us his will as long as you remember God's in charge. So be quiet. God's in charge. Right. Now, let's assume that we all accept this truth. Okay? Now, the next question is, how can I learn more about his will? Because it's a mystery. God has no itinerary. You're never going to know what's going to happen next. To the perfectionist following God is going to drive you nuts. All you ever know is that God's will surprises us. It's unnerving. Dealing, dealing with the mystery of God's will is like, you know, it's like, now, I learned this. California, it doesn't get this cold. But you can't, uh, Colorado, if you don't have a good battery and a decent car in the wintertime, when I first, the first couple of years here, I'd walk out that door, it'd be cold. And I said, man, is that car going to start today? You ever feel like that? It's so cold, you go, you just, it's just, you just don't know if that car is going to, that, 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 that car is going to start in the morning. You just don't know. And you go out there. That's how God's will is. That's, it, that's exactly how it is. You walk out and you go, God, what are you going to do now? I don't know. But here's the key. Go put it in the ignition and let's see what happens. You know, I did in the morning. Man, come on, come on, come on, Betsy. And then it goes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Right? I hate car troubles. Hate it. Amen? See, God's will will be illogical from the human point of view. Trusting him makes no sense. Yet, 
That is exactly how you need to follow his will. Stop analyzing. Huh? Stop trying to figure it out. See, the only way to handle the incomprehensible is spending less time trying to figure God out. Because if you try to figure out, you're, you're going to drive yourself nuts. It's impossible. Because the moment you go, I got it, I know, this is what he's going to do. And you, and you get to that point, and it's completely different. What in the world? I used to try to figure out marriages. I would say, man, that's a good marriage. They're going to do great things for God. Only find out that that was the marriage from hell. Then I would say, well, that's the marriage from hell. They're, they're never going to make it. Only to find out they could become pastors. Can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. Stop trying to figure it out. Huh? Can't figure out God's will. Stop analyzing. Stop attempting to find out what he's up to. All you have to do is one little simple thing. Start obeying. Well, mm-hmm. huh? See, only you have the ability to self-submit to a human. Because people say, well, I, I submit to God. No, you don't. Because God doesn't allow people to individually submit. Doesn't happen that way. They, they submit corporately. God always uses a, a body. It's called the body of Christ, not the individual of Christ. Doesn't work that way. That, that is a life in the pit of hell. You have an individual relationship because you have to work, you have to deal with him. However, your call and your will is always a function of the body. The apostle Paul, one of the greatest men to walk the earth who preached the gospel, didn't do it of his own fruition. No, 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 no. No, he was sent. He went to the church in Jerusalem to Pastor Peter. And Pastor Peter said, you and you go. They prayed for him, they ordained him, and sent him on their way. Boom. The church was grew. That's how God does it. Joshua didn't come across the Jordan River because he had a great ideal and God spoke to him. No, no. Joshua came across the Jordan River and stopped the river in his track because Moses told him to. So, you want to find God's will? You got to start. You have to be able to self-submit because nobody can make you and nobody should make you. Nobody, nobody put a gun to my head to submit to my pastor, to submit to Pastor Sonny, to call the elders and say, can I do an event in Indonesia? Nobody made me. I understand the principle of God. And if I want to be blessed, I will never leave that principle. Because once I get the blessing, boom, then it's on like Donkey Kong. Hello, someone. It's on. I can start moving in authority and anointing. If I don't get the blessing, then it's off. And I have to say, well, God, you close the door, you know. I'm with you, you know, following God's will. Because it sounds good, Indonesia, we're going to win souls, right? God's will, but we'll find out. But if God closes it, I have to be big enough, we have to be big enough to accept it and realize something. If he closes that door, God is going to open up another one. Following God's will. It never changes. It starts in the home. That's why the people that are always rebellious amount up to a hill of beans, nothing. Because they can't, if you can't listen here, You'll never listen anywhere. You're no good for anybody. You're just taking up bed space. But if you learn to obey, God can use you, can change you. You can travel the world and preach the gospel. You can, you can do something great if you learn to obey. If you don't, yeah. Don't eat too much. Let me get back here. Huh? 
So when we, you can't explain the situation, quit trying. Because we all have a bad habit of forcing God into a human mold. God is not human. God is not, doesn't operate the way we, we operate. He doesn't think like we think. Trying, we're trying to make the theological into the logical. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to look from God's perspective, his theology. theology. When and where God sends you. So then what happens to us is a test. We're all going to follow God's will? Okay, here comes the test. Boom. For the next 60 seconds, you will have a test. Don't change your channel. You're going to have a test. We're going to see what you're made out of. If we respond correctly, right, we will be refined like gold. But you, you're still going to have to struggle with God's will. When nothing else seems to add up, and believe me, when things are going crazy, I want you to say this. It must be God. Man, it don't make sense. What's happening, God? Ah! It must be God. I didn't share. I, I, I think I shared. See, years ago, as Sam was there in, in you know, the, where I lived, he was losing the house. It was uninhabitable. Well, it was inhabited by like a thousand mice. It, uh, the house was a hoarder. Took five 30-yard dumpsters to clean the garbage out. If you know what a 30-yard dumpster, that's a lot of trash. And somebody said, you got blessed with the house? Well, it wasn't a blessing when we got it. And I said, man, I don't know if I want to do this. And I told, I told him, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to help because you can lose in foreclosure. I'm going to help the guy out. I'm going to do it. And he said, we're going to write it up and, and we'll, we'll help this guy out. Well, we did all this. We did it. We did a lot of work. A lot of, some of you guys were there. We did a lot of work. It's a beautiful place now. All right? But in January, somebody tried to take it from me. Not the guy who made the deal, but there was a realtor over there that wanted to get some money. And he almost had it. In fact, we could not get the funding. Listen. And on Wednesday... Oh, about a month ago, I don't know the exact date. On Wednesday, th this guy had was gonna steal the house. Had no money, and I'm sitting there. I'm going through it like, man, we put a lot of work in this thing, and this guy in Florida is stealing my house. Wow! And I just sat there and I go, I don't know what you're up to, God, but this is a heavy one. Now I'm thinking, where am I gonna live? I hate to have to kick Jose out. I said, like, what am I? I'm like, I'm like I, hey, think about that. I was like, whoa, this is, be, this is a heavy one. Wednesday. Thursday, I get a call from some guy who was trying to get me the loan. And he goes, Pastor Al, I don't know why. And I don't know how long you've known this guy who owns the business. But he said he's going to loan you the money out of his personal bank account so that you don't lose the house. Now, I just met this guy. I met him, well, a couple years ago, and I, I explained to him who we were, and, and he knew, knew who I was, the pastor, et cetera, and he knew the whole story. I finally met, went into his office and met him face-to-face -face last week. Good guy. And he goes, don't worry. I know the situation. I know what this guy is trying to do. He went to his, I didn't know people, you know, this guy had money. Again, he went to his bank account. He went to the, his trust. 
Well, I'd say his name, but I don't want to phone him off. He went to his trust, and he, and he pulled out the money, and he gave me the money to pay th this loan off so that they couldn't steal it. He goes, now, now we have to figure out how you're going to pay me back my money, and we'll, we'll uh, qualify for another loan. Talk about the miracles. So God closed that door and opened this door because there's more things going to happen, not just the house that was going to happen. With this gentleman, more things going to transpire with this guy that I, I would have never came into contact with if God hadn't have brought me through this mess. Was it a mess? Yep. Was I hurting? For certain. Was I going through it? Well, you just don't know. And guess what? I didn't tell nobody. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody. And I was, I'm going, man, what are you doing? I, I got to tell my wife. And they was like, don't say nothing. I said, oh, okay, don't say nothing. So here I am going cool, like everything's cool. Dun -dun 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 ride. I had to learn to ride above the storm. <sighs> learn to ride. Learn to fly. Don't let the storm get you. I got your back. Wow. And God gets your back. Huh? But you don't, you're not going to understand God's will. You can't. You have to. We're Christians. Is anybody here a, a Satan worshiper? Or we're all Christians in here? Right? Well, we're going to have to learn this. And so I see so many believers going through trials. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, boy. I go, who are you serving? Are you serving God? Or are you serving Donald Duck? So we have to learn. No. We have to be able to run through the storm. Uh, get the storm. Get a surfboard. Start surfing. Rise above the storm instead of become the storm. And that's what happens with Christians. Instead of rising above the storm or getting a surfboard, they become the storm. They, they, they magnify their problem. Then all of a sudden, the problem is not the problem. You're the problem. Wow, that's heavy stuff. Why? Because you're lean. I'm, I'm getting, I said all this to get to here. Are you ready? Because you got to die. So look at your neighbor and say, I got to die. You have to die. Because if you don't die, you're going to cause too much trouble. There's three characteristics of a dead Christian. First, a dead Christian rests in the plan and the sovereignty of God. A dead Christian says, you know what? Whatever. God, you got this. I know you got Why? Because you're dead. Dead people don't worry about cars. Dead people don't worry about clothes. That doesn't mean they want to walk around naked. Dead people don't worry about anything. Dead Christians, no. Only people that are alive worry about that. We have to learn to rest in God's sovereignty. What are you going to do? God, how are you going to take care of my family? Let me get back to my first walk. Here I am in Christianity learning to be holy, following God's will. I, believe me, I hated people, and I had to learn to love people. I don't want, and then, then God's a comedian too, right? Because not only did I did not like people, he makes me a pastor. Are you kidding? I think you made a mistake, God. You, you know I have trouble with people. Perfect. That's just what I want. Now, that means when, when you start showing love, it's not you because you don't have the power to do it. It's me in you. 
Oh, that's heavy. You're, you're just like a joker. And so I'm still, still following his will, still just going along, trying to do it. And then all of a sudden, God says, okay, I'm going to send you out of this, this land, Hayward, the land, you know, California. I'm going to send you to another place, right? And I'm getting ready to go. And we made the discussion with my pastor. You're going to go to Colorado. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to Colorado. Following God's will, door opened up. My pastor said, you're going to go to Colorado? Yeah, I'm going. Let's go. So we're going to Colorado. And a week before I'm scheduled to leave, I get a phone call. Following God's will. Ding, ding, ding. Hello. Oh, hi, Annie. My wife's up there. Annie. Annie, I'll say her name. She went on to be a Lord. La de Vasos. She owned the house. She owned like, I don't know, five houses in, in that whole neighborhood. All kind of houses. She had, her sons took over the company. Landa Vasos Concrete. They poured cement for all the skyscrapers in San Francisco. If you know anything about cement, that's a lot of do re mi. That's what they did. That's all they did. Pump, 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 pump. Had like 20 trucks. They were pumping. Pop, pop, pop. Landa Vasos Concrete. She called me. Hey, Pastor Al, yeah, I want to do something to you. Okay, what do you want to do? I want to bless you. You want to bless me? I like blessings. Yeah. I want you to buy my house. Huh? Yeah, and you only have to come up with very little money and just take over the payments. The, very, the payments are this and this. Just give me this much money and you can take over the payments. And, and he only, she only had like maybe 15 years left on the loan. The payments were like $700. Just come up with this money and the house is yours. This is a week before I'm supposed to come here. Wow. Following God's will. That's heavy. So I had to decide. Was God's will, my pastor telling me to leave everything, sell everything, uh, leave my family, leave my friends, leave everything, have nothing, go to Colorado with nothing. With, I had nothing but $800. Go to Colorado with nothing but a vision or stay where I'm at. And believe me, in this beautiful two living room, three bedroom upstairs, one downstairs, a study, and then a two car garage. It came with a nine man hot tub. Leave that or go to Colorado and have nothing. Made no sense. So here's my, here's my deduction. This is how I figured it out. First of all, Annie wasn't there when I came to the Lord. She never taught me anything about God and following God. She's a great lady. I love her. Right? Pastor Steve taught me, showed me, and guided me, and got me to this point. In fact, he guided me and made me a pastor. He put me on the path to following God. So, Annie didn't know that she was being used of the devil with such a beautiful gift. Huh? So I chose to come here. That's how I ended up here. Is it easy? No. But if you really want to follow God and you're sincere, you'll make the right choice. You'll, you'll make the God choice. Most people would have took the house. I didn't. Now, check this out. I'm getting off my, but I'm almost done. I didn't take the house. I said, I'm going to Colorado. Since I've been in Colorado because I gave up that house, I have been given three houses and two buildings. Did I know that was going to happen? No. All I knew is God told me to come here. 
Because when God closes a door, he opens up a better one. And you're worth it. You're worth it. See, we have to learn to follow God's will, not our, our whims. That could be the title of the message. God's will or your whims. No, you have to die. You have to die. See, people who are dead, they don't just quote scripture. They live it. When trials come into their life, they praise God. It must be God. They remember that God has molded them into the image of Christ. Shall the potter uh, uh, be considered equal to the clay? Of course not. Huh? No, when change comes, and it will, change will come very often. You must rise up and say, must be God. When the solution can't be found, pray. Face the test with courage on your knees. When, what, what is courage? When confused, pray. When hurt, pray. When lost, pray. When fear grips you beyond your comprehension, it takes you to anxiety where you want to ball up like in a fetal position, pray. That's following God's will. Praying your way into God's will. Prayer is more, is more than praying your way out of trouble. Prayer is a door that will open the will of God. Being confused. Listen, let me say it again. Prayer is the door into the will of God. Let me say it again. Prayer is the door into the will of God. And there, listen to this. Oh, gosh, this is good. I wrote it down this morning. Prayer is the door to the will of God. Being confused, being hurt, and feeling lost is the password to open the door. He says, I want God to open a door. Well, then you better get ready to be hurt, be confused, and be lost, and start praying. Because now that door is going to come through prayer, but the only way to get the password is through confusion, fighting it through prayer. It's still feeling lost, fighting it through law, uh, fighting it through prayer. When you have those, you can tell, you can guarantee yourself, I am on the right way, I'm at the right door. Because believe me, when Annie offered me that house, I said, no way. That can't be happening. Are you kidding me? I'm going to leave all this to go to Colorado? Help me, Lord. That confusion, that feeling lost, un un uncertain, was the password to get me here. Anytime you're going to get to God's will and you're getting close, believe me, you have to pass that test. You have to take those steps of faith. Huh? See, there's two kinds of Christians. I'm going to end with this, I promise. Those who pray their way in and those who pray their way out. <laughs> huh? Those who pray their way in and pray their way out. Unfortunately, we often take our prayer life most seriously when we're trying to pray our way out of trouble. You ever notice that? You get in trouble? Oh, God. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, omnipotent, mighty God. Can you help me now? Because we're in trouble now. Now you're really getting, like, you're getting into your prayer. Oh, God, help me. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. This woman thou hast given me. Oh, God, my, this man. And we're praying. We're, we're really getting into prayer. Mm. See, when you're rushing to get an appointment and you're going to get in trouble and the cop's red light comes on or blue light, oh, God, now you're starting to pray. Right? When you're 30 minutes late to a meeting 
or your 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 interview for a, for a job. Oh God! Oh, 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 Heavenly Father, help me, help me, help me, please, Lord, Lord, help me. Uh, when the company begins to lay off people, and you're the lowest on the totem pole, oh, Heavenly Father, Jesus, you start to pray. Uh, see, life will hit everybody with situations that cause fear, anger, and hardship. And most people only most people only pray or pray best when they're trying to get out of trouble. How do you think God feels if all we do is offer up a panic button prayer? That's all we do. We try to dress it up, though. We say this. Because we dress it up, the panic button prayer, with flowery promises. Oh, God, I will serve you. I will honor you. I will worship you. I will, I will give you glory if you just get me out of this trouble. Oh, Jesus, just don't let me go to jail. Please don't let me go to jail. I'm a sissy. I won't make it in jail. I don't want to become somebody's girlfriend. Oh, God, help me. Panic button prayer. Then we, we, make, we make it nice. We flower, put all kinds of flowers, and we make it look good. Uh, no, 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 no. See, we have to be another kind of Christian. Have a different attitude in prayer. Instead of looking for an escape hatch, why don't you try praying your way in? So instead of trying to pray your way out, pray your way in. Pray your way in to a new possibility. Pray your way in to a new lifestyle. Pray your way in to a new adventure. Pray your way in to prosperity. Pray your way in to obedience. Pray your way into things. That's what you got to start doing. God, let me find your will. Let me do you. That's what I did. I would weep on the, on the altar for hours. God, I want to know your will. I don't want to do what, I, what I'm doing. I don't want to do what I was trained for in my neighborhood. I don't want to do what, what anything else, but I want to do your will. God, open the doors. Show me the way. Help me, Lord. Pray your way in. God has a plan for you. You got to start praying your way into it. You just can't pray your way out of trouble. Hmm? If demands of your time are causing your blood pressure to rise, if your head begins to pound and your nerves snap, trust God's plan. Pray your way in to his perfect will. Huh? Where do you spend your time? You might have to change your fun time to your prayer time. Trust God's plan and pray your way in to a new time zone. You're worried about the strain in your budget and hating the, that end of the month feeling when you got no bills. Trust God and plan to plan His plan and pray your way into God's blessings. Tithe and be faithful in your giving. See, much of life is beyond our control. We're just living. We can't run the show. So you might as well relax, enjoy the ride, look at the view, trust God's plan, and pray your way in to a surrendered life. John 12, 24, the opening of Scripture reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. And if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. 
See, following God's will be, it'll be that grain, you'll be that grain that dies. Following God's plan is losing your plan for his life. Understanding God's will will be serving Jesus, following his footsteps. God's purpose, God's purpose is impossible to follow, but easy if you're being led. I use this analogy. I'm going to end with this. The father and his um, small son. True story, actually, with the pastor. He'd go out on journeys, missionary journeys, come back. And he, would, he took his son for a walk in a field, in a pasture, neighboring pasture field. You know, it was always rough and raw. And at first, a little fellow would hold on to the, to the pastor's finger. But he found that when he stepped in the hoof print, hoof print of a cow or a horse, he would trip and stumble over something. When he, he'd grab it on, he, his grip would fail, he'd fall to the ground in the dust. Not giving him much thought, the father's mind on other matters, he would stop and the little boy would get up, brush himself off, grab his dad's finger again, hold on to it. This time he's holding hard. Needless to say, as he walked a little further, he hit another hole, and he falls a little harder this time. Boom, he fell down. And he keeps going along until finally the little, the little son got a little, started thinking. And he looked at his dad. He goes, you know, Dad? He goes, yes, son. I think if you would hold my hand instead of me holding your finger, I wouldn't fall. You know, he stumbled many times after that. But because the dad had his hand, he never hit the ground. See, that's how following God's will is. Instead of you trying to hang on, why don't you ask him to grab a hold of you? Too many people are just trying to, I'm just trying to hang on. Well, you're going to have a lot of falls along the way. But if you really want to follow his will, you say, God, Grab me. Grab a hold of me. Hold me. Don't ever let me go. I may stumble, but I don't want to fall. I may make mistakes. I got a wife and I got kids. I don't want to fall. Can you grab me? Can you hold me? Can you help me? I don't understand your will, God. I'm still here. Can you keep a hold on this pastor? I'm not sure where I'm going, but I do know I'm on the right track. As long as you got a hold of me, I know I'll be all right. That's following God's will. That's dying to the will of God. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.